former Liberal MP Han Dong said he plans to take legal action against Global News, following a report that alleges he advised the Chinese regime to keep Canadians Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig in custody. With a looming recession on the minds of Canadians, and as families struggle to make ends meet, the Trudeau government is expected to table its latest budget today. Ontario reported the largest share of residents ditching their home province for Alberta in 2022. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, March 28th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel, filling in for Anthony Fury. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In a public statement on Monday, former Liberal MP Han Dong said he retained a lawyer to take action against Global News and its parent Chorus Entertainment for the content of a news story last week, which he said was untrue. Dong's statement read, quote, It is inconceivable that I would ever suggest a falsely accused individual should spend an extra minute in jail. Last week, Global News reported Dong attempted to benefit the Liberal Party by prolonging the imprisonment of two Canadians. The story cited two anonymous national security officials and claimed Dong advised the Chinese regime to keep Canadians Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig in custody. Following the bombshell report, Dong resigned from the Liberal caucus during a tearful address to the House of Commons. Lindsay, this is a really big development in one of arguably the biggest Canadian news stories of the year so far. It's interesting. I think some people were saying online, you know, he's just trying to pretend that he can clear his name, but this case is going to get thrown out. It's not going to go anywhere. But at the same time, the fact that he is pursuing legal action shows that he might be confident he has a case and he's opening himself up to discoverability. So we're probably going to be learning a lot more about the details of this case soon enough. What do you make of this latest development? Well, The thing is, Han Dong isn't denying the other allegations, which are that the consulate, the Chinese consulate, helped him win his nomination race. I didn't see him denying anywhere that um, they bust in a whole bunch of Chinese international students with questionable residency qualifications to vote for him to get the liberal nomination. That was one of the other allegations, which uh, I I didn't see him address in this statement. Um, And apparently these international students who are bust into the the nomination race they did this under this was under duress by the consulate they apparently said if if you don't do this we're going to take away your study permit so he hasn't said anything about that there's also the fact that he has been keeping his mouth shut about the genocide of uyghurs in china he the fact remains he didn't show up to the house to vote on that motion to declare that there was a genocide of uyghurs in china uh, even though he was present for other votes that same day So his strategy of launching this defamation suit, I think, yes, it's working in the sense that people are kind of backtracking a bit, um, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, you raised some really interesting arguments, especially how he hasn't denied some of the other allegations against him. Those are arguably very damning as well. I think the ones about, you know, suggesting that the two Canadians in prison should remain in prison is probably the worst thing that we've seen. I think it was Gerald Butts who said, this is the worst thing I've ever heard a person do, uh, if it's true. Of course, that if it's true, being the big if that we're all kind of wondering there. Personally excited to see where this case goes and what comes out of it. I suspect that no matter what the court is asking for in discoverability, there's no chance Global News is going to reveal the names of those CSIS agents because they would be in a heck of a lot of a trouble. This is a federal law they've broken by giving some of this information. So I'm sure Global News would rather die on that hill. And certainly the reporter behind all this, Sam Cooper, you know, he staked his reputation on this. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes for all of them. 
In terms of the Uyghur vote on Muslims, you know, the Liberal cabinet all abstained for that as well. So certainly a very weak record on China for Handong, as well as many members of the Liberal government. Do you think there's actually a possibility that Global News could be forced to give the names of those CSIS agents? And if so, do you think they would do so? Or do you think the investigation would kind of be at a standstill at that point? Yeah, so I think the intelligence sources will be protected because... I think in this country, we generally have strong protections for for that kind of thing. But I just worry about any kind of malintent uh, that Handong is bringing here or that, you know, if if he's working with China, what what are they trying to do with this lawsuit? What kind of information are they trying to find out? I just think uh, my gut tells me there might be um, some some malintent here. Yeah. And so in the original Globe and Mail report, there were 11 political candidates in Canada who were at, who were identified as um, playing a part in election interference. So Han Dong is just one of these. There is still other parts to this that we don't know yet. Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Christia Freeland will table the government's 2023 budget later this afternoon. The budget will include $3 billion over five years in tax credits to boost Canadian clean technology and spend $2.4 billion to help low- and middle-income households, including a grocery rebate measure aimed at lower-income Canadians. Despite the promises of new spending in the upcoming budget, Freeland insists that the government is focused on fiscal responsibility. The government has posted massive deficits during and even after the pandemic. While households are struggling to make ends meet amid the inflation crisis and are looking to the government to navigate the rough economic forecast, Canadians can expect things to get even more expensive as two major federal tax hikes will go into effect on April 1st. A scheduled hike on the carbon tax will bring the federal levy up to 14 cents per litre, which means households should expect to pay up to $847 more in taxes this year, even after rebates are distributed. The other major tax hike is the alcohol escalator tax, which will go up 6.3%, the largest alcohol tax increase in over 30 years. What's your take on this, Rachel? The Globe and Mail has a pretty good explainer out on the federal budget right now. I was taking a look at it. There's some things that are interesting, some things that we definitely need. For example, more spending on health care. Obviously, we knew that was coming because just last month, the federal government signed a deal with the provinces for $46.2 billion in new health care funding. I don't know any Canadians that are arguing we shouldn't be spending on health care right now. If you've gone to the doctors, if you've gone to the ER, you're waiting four to six hours, mostly at the ER. But at walk-in clinics, it can be an all-day thing as well. I don't know what it's like over in BC, but that's been my experience in both Alberta and Ontario. Huge wait times at walk-in clinics. So we definitely need to figure out what's going on in healthcare. need to strategize and improve that. There's some other things in the budget that I'm not overly excited about. There's looks like there's going to be a clean energy technology credit. You know, it's great if companies want to improve and have green energy, but they can pay for that themselves. I don't think taxpayers need to be funding that, but that's my personal view on those types of things. And then, of course, we have the sort of affordability measures that we always expect to see from the federal government. So support for low-income Canadians on things like dental care. That's sort of something the federal government has talked about for a long time. We know the NDP has been pushing for a national dental care plan. Federal government hasn't committed to that yet, but maybe they're hoping to appease the NDP with some smaller measures like that. 
And then of course, you know, the raise on taxes. I just think that this is a ridiculous time to be raising taxes. I don't think we need to raise the alcohol tax to begin with. We already pay so much more in alcohol than anyone else you go across the border. And, you know, minus the fact that our dollar is not worth very much compared to the U.S. dollar right now. You're kind of blown away at how cheap it is to get a bottle of vodka at the Walmart in, in America. There's just no reason to be raising taxes on alcohol right now. I think Canadians, many people like to come home and have a drink at the end of a long, hard day. You know, things are really tough for people out there. I don't understand these types of measures. I find them frustrating. But overall, there is some good things in the budget. It looks like they're going to be reducing the federal deficit as well, which is important and should be more of a priority than it is. Sounds like you're advocating for uh, Canadians to drink through these hard times. <laughs> well, hey, everything in moderation. But I mean, if someone wants to come home and have a glass of wine at the end of an evening, I'm not going to stand in their way. You know, I don't have anything wrong with people having a drink here and there. Um, you know, things are difficult right now. Certainly don't turn to alcohol as the end all be all in these hard times. And now you can't even afford to. So maybe you just want to cut that entirely right now as well. Alberta is becoming an increasingly popular destination for Ontario residents and residents from elsewhere across Canada as well. Of last year's top 10 provincial migration patterns, Ontario found itself on the list six times. In each distance, in each instance, as residents fled for another province. A net of 22,921 Ontarians moved to Alberta, marking the highest provincial migration shift among all provinces. Alberta was followed by Nova Scotia, with 10,464 Ontarians calling the province their new home. Another net of 8,950 Ontarians moved to BC, while a net 4,953 Manitobans and net 3,883 Saskatchewan residents left for Alberta, respectively. BC residents are also leaving for Alberta, 10,418 more than Albertans who moved to BC last year. Earlier this month, the Alberta government announced it would launch a second iteration of its Alberta is Calling campaign to attract more skilled workers from Ontario and Atlantic Canada. And that's after Ontario Premier Doug Ford told Alberta Premier Daniel Smith he's not a fan of the advertisements. Uh, the story always makes me laugh, mostly because I'm one of those Ontario residents who falls into the migration patterns of moving to Alberta last year. And honestly, I have to say that one of the huge reasons that I decided to move out west is just because Ontario had become so unlivable. It was so expensive. And as a young person, you know, living on your own, paying for your own things, it just felt impossible to get ahead. And when I would kind of look towards the future and the thought of owning a home, it all just felt so overwhelming and didn't really seem like I had a chance at a good life. And it looks like a lot of young families are moving out of Ontario. I think it's funny that the Ontario Premier told Danielle Smith he doesn't like this advertisement the Alberta is calling. You know, seems like he could maybe do some things to make Ontario a more desirable place for young people and certainly young families to live instead of complaining about the program. Melinda, you're over in BC. I know it's not the cheapest to live there. Have you ever considered moving somewhere else or you pretty determined to make it work even if your cost of living is higher? BC is obviously so beautiful, so there's some huge benefits to living there as well. Yeah, you know, when they launched this Alberta is Calling campaign, uh, I definitely found it persuasive. I have, you know, spent probably a couple hours just scrolling through rental prices in Alberta and, and home prices there, just looking at the comparison. Um, I I live in the Fraser Valley in BC, so I'm not in the very expensive, you know, uh, greater Vancouver area. But, you know, I'm talking about like, groceries and and gas in that respect like there is when you're in the metro vancouver area it's 
everything is more expensive. I live a little bit more outside. However, when it comes to rentals and home prices, uh, you can't really catch a break anywhere in BC. So yes, I absolutely have looked at Alberta, but uh, I must admit the thing that stops me is is the winter weather. So how do you feel about the winter weather there? You make an excellent point. So this was my first full winter in Alberta and I have hated it. I'm sorry to my you know fellow Albertans. They love their winter. They talk about how great it is and how sunny it is all the time. It, it's been terrible. It's been like five months. It's now we're in March. I was looking forward to spring and it snowed yesterday morning. And it's honestly one of the most depressing things I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm maybe looking to move South Alberta, maybe South of Calgary, maybe Lethbridge. They at least have really, really hot summers, unlike in Edmonton. It did never get super hot. I just want to be outside baking in the sun. Um, So that's been really difficult. And I can understand why that would be a big decision to make. It's certainly something that has kind of caught me off guard. You know, maybe the high rental prices are worth it for the more mild winters, but I know a lot of Albertans who would disagree with me. They're very passionate and almost defensive of their winter. So it's certainly quite entertaining. Well, everyone, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to check in at tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know and updates. And of course, if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.